Welcome to Second Win with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Oh, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here with us today because today's program is really going to be very insightful. I think you're going to love my guest and be thrilled with what she shares with us, particularly in this time in our life where we're going through this strange disease or virus that has actually taken the world, COVID-19. Now, just to bring you up to standard where we are in Texas, which you know that is where I am, uh, we are gradually re-entering after being in a, um isolation state for two weeks. And so we are slowly bringing our community out. Um, I, there are so many in the older group, particularly than I know a lot of my friends are really choosing to stay more at home. And one of that is because we just really don't trust that this is the right timing, that this is maybe not rushed, uh, and so I think it's very important that you make up your mind as to what you feel comfortable with. So as you go to the grocery store now, you're going to see, as I have seen just in the, since last Friday, when we opened, reopened a limited reintroduction into normal life, quote unquote, um, I saw many more people not wearing masks. I saw many more people uh, not taking precautions, uh, crowding happening. And so I think it's important that so that you feel comfortable that you decide how you want to live through this period. I know for me, I'm taking it slower. I am still wearing my mask, still wearing the gloves, still wearing the wash the hands and all of that because I don't feel comfortable. And until I see the numbers of our local area and what reentry has done for us, then I might start to relax a bit more. Maybe, maybe not. But it's really our decision that we take the precautions that they've asked us to do to stay safe. We will not totally feel safe, I don't believe, until we actually have a vaccine and we are months away from a vaccine. I wish somebody said we could go get it, but we don't have it yet. So our leadership has been a bit vague about what practices we do follow when we're exposed to a COVID-19 
infected person. Do we still have our 14 days in isolation? Um, what do we do? We're not quite sure. So you have to make a decision. Go by your local um, guidelines and go with it. For me, I live alone, and so I can pretty well, I'm not influenced by a spouse, uh, relatives. It's my decision. I do have children, but it's still my decision. They don't live with me. So anyway, that's where I really wanted to take today. I really wanted to start off because I think in this time where we're, we're re-entering, there's still a lot of fear. I understand to put safety versus of financial security is a difficult question. So many people are needing to go back to work. And that is a difficult place to be in, particularly if you have family and you have bills and you have all this pressure on you. So there's not really right or wrong going here. I'm just thinking we need to do what we need to do for ourselves and take our own responsibility with that. With that being said, I am so thrilled to have our guest, Lobsang Kuzum. Oh dear, I just messed that up. I'm so sorry, Lobsang. Is the founder, is the founder of Limitless Health Institute. Now, Lobsang is a Buddhist nun and worldwide teacher of meditation and philosophy in the Jinsang Kappa Tibetan tradition. She is the founder of Limitless Health Institute, a nonprofit organization that collaborates with other caring organizations in New York City to help people experience the link between their own health and happiness and how they care for each other. Now, Chung Sum has been a licensed creative arts therapist for 30 years, specializing in dance and movement therapy. She has had extensive training in ancient meditation techniques, including a three-year meditation retreat in silence and solitude. Now, I want to hear more about that for sure. Now, one of the valuable resources that she has been offering and using in New York City over this um, COVID-19 happening is that her institution, the Limitless Health Institution, Inner Essentials, is a series of powerful meditations that will strengthen everyone's will wellness during this worldwide COVID-19 health crisis. So thank you so much for being here, Lob saying This is just a, a perfect time for you to be sharing your information with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, really a pleasure to be talking about these kind of things at this time, especially. Yes, you shared with me just before going on the air that you had been very involved. Your organization has been very involved by supporting the frontline um, medical um, people. Yeah, I was just listening to you as you were speaking. So we're here in New York City, um, mm-hmm. and we've been on uh, lockdown here for now two months, and we're going to the end of May. 
So maybe wow. a little bit different experience than yeah. what's happening in Texas uh, as far as our how we are spending our time and what's happening around us, although yeah. we are all experiencing the same across the world. Yes. Um, so here in New York, it's uh, it's very hard to um, imagine that how can we all come together, you know, like if we don't come together, it's hard to imagine if we don't come together that we're not going to come out of this because it depends on how we are interacting with others, as we know, Mm -hmm. and that's why they've asked us to all stay home. But then there are these people that have to go to work and help the people who are sick. And there's a lot going on for them right now, Mm. uh, emotionally and Mm-hmm. So we have this inner essential meditation program that we've been offering, and we have now uh, made some new meditations to help some of these healthcare workers on the front line to deal with the trauma and the emotion emotional challenges that they're having right now. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got that challenge of being away from. It just hurts my soul when I see these babies that mm-hmm. and young children that haven't been with mom or dad in. Mm-hmm. Would you two months? Have they not been able to go home at all? Uh, it, it has been a choice for different uh, workers. Whether yeah. they, uh, depending on their uh, living environment, can they isolate when they're home? Can oh. they properly protect the people in their family? And oh yeah. If they weren't able to do that. Uh, the city has come together and provided hotels for all these workers because the hotels, of course, <laughs> we're not doing a big tourist business now. Yeah. We have a lot of right. space. <laughs> yes. We've even provided like six thousand. I don't know the number, but a couple of thousand of homeless are in the hotels right now too. So yeah. things are happening really fast here. Yes. And yeah. what? They, although they haven't been able to give the care to their children or their spouses, mm-hmm. the thing with some of the healthcare, with most of the healthcare workers now, they're giving that same kind of like motherly care, sister care to the patients because the patients themselves cannot see their families. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot. They're not mm-hmm. used to doing that kind of interaction while they're taking care of their physical well-being, now they have to take care of their emotional and mental well-being. So it's quite yeah. uh, extraordinary what they're doing. So how does, how are you using your meditation to support them? What we have is a series of uh, meditations, and we turn them into videos so they can be, so you could sit and you can pause and just watch the video, listen to the words, and get inspired about how you can reflect on some of the emotional challenges that you have right now for all of us in different ways, but we all mm-hmm. have the same, lots of fear, lots of uncertainty, anxiety. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the meditations can give you some insight on how to approach these kind of emotions and what you can do to work through them and change what's going to happen next. Yes. Mm. Um, So I can see that the videos would be big help for, do you, are you working with people that haven't meditated? And so this is truly the first experience for them? 
Exactly. The first series of meditations that we put out were for people who are not used to meditation in general, or if you're Mm -hmm. used to meditation, then you just get a little treat because we've um, uh, made it to made it something where you can just sit and enjoy. And then once Mm -hmm. you get uh, do it several times and uh, begin to be able to close your eyes and not look at the video and just listen to the words. Then That's even better. Yes. Yeah. So you gradually work up to that, and then eventually you can take away the, the words and the pictures, and now you have internally some ideas of how to meditate. And then we also offer a series of meditations where we train you of how to meditate. So it's an introduction, what you find on the website. Mm-hmm. And then for mm-hmm. free, we have uh, consultations and trainings for people who would like to learn to meditate more. Oh, yes. I'm always talking about meditation when I do my courses. I have a small series on that because I do believe in meditation. It's so important. And um, most of my students start out, they're actually beginning their meditation. So it's a practice that they're creating. Um, so is there a place that that they could that our listeners could go to be exposed to some of these meditations? Yeah, you could go directly to our website, LimitlessHealthInstitute.org, and go to the Inner Essentials program, and they are all there, posted, ready for you. And if you want more, you just have to sign up, and we'll uh, start connecting, and we can give you more personal and individual instructions that might be uh, helpful to your particular situation. Right. So you can, you can direct meditation. In other words, Mm -hmm. uh, you said you made it unique to the workers. So how did you do that? Well, what we're realizing is there's several uh, needs that they have right now. Mm -hmm. Is one is to maybe, um, Mm. When they come home, a lot of our clients right now, when they come home, all they need is, all they want is to be nurtured. They want to nurture themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit, so much anxiety or so much, I don't know what exact emotion they might be feeling at the, you know, at that time. But there's so much, it's very hard for them to just even, you know, calm themselves down. Mm. before they uh, have to do their next shift. So we made some meditations that can help them start with just nurturing themselves. And once they get focused with that and then calm enough, peaceful enough, then we can help them to go deeper. One thing very important is that we should all as recognize as they do and as we are recognizing the healthcare workers how essential they are to us. How important it is that they are taking care of others at this point beyond their profession, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. to sit back and to think, I have helped this one person today, is an important practice for all of us to do. At the end of the day, you just sit there with your cup of tea or Mm -hmm. some, you know, a glass of wine if you want, (laughs) whatever it is. Just sit there and think about the kindness that you did, how you help somebody, especially during this time. As you mm-hmm. reflect and think about that, you are replaying that moment of kindness. You already did another kindness by just thinking about it. 
Your mind mm. is getting used to reflecting upon the kindnesses around us. Therefore, we create more kindnesses that we will see. And mm-hmm. this is some of the ideas in our meditation program. Right. I have, um, I have an, a dear friend, accountability partner I've had for over 25 years. We met through the, um, Jack Canfield work that we were in many years ago, almost 20 years. And, um, she lives in New York and she lost her husband last week. Um, and so she was sharing with me about all the kindness that she had received. And it was just really, um, heart touching as you could tell. I get a little upset myself, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think sometimes like Texas, particularly if they've gone to New York, they've been down and they've seen all the, you know, all the sights to see, they sometimes will misplace kindness thinking, um, the New York city is not a, a kind, gentle city. <laughs> and I, I, I just found it so, um, life-changing to be exposed to the kindness that she's received i know because i know people there i have friends there and so it's just um it it's so nice to hear of all the kind things that do happen in new york city i'm just sharing that with the rest of our listeners who have gone to new york and seen it as a huge bustling city never stops never (laughs) sleeps funny um i'm i'm born and raised in new york my grandmother my mother we're we're all we're all true new yorkers and we <laughs> do seem to have that reputation because we and move that- really fast here and <laughs> um uh-huh. people say oh they're not so nice but the one thing about new york they're always true to their heart and actually if someone's not so nice to you in new york they may not be such a nice person if somebody is nice then it's for sure true like they probably no... came from Poughkeepsie. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. It's the fact that, like, we're so honest and we're so true to what we're feeling. We express it uh-huh. without hesitation. So yeah. sometimes, you know, with so many millions of people here, you get a large variety of what's coming from the heart. Mm-hmm. But anytime, especially I was here after 9-11, we also worked on the front line there. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so amazing. And I think it's all across the the globe when such a big crisis happens. People's hearts just open. It doesn't yes. matter where you're from. Everybody's hearts are open. Yes. One and, of the things that I had yeah. trouble just, and I expressed it over and over and over because it just dawned on me one day that I, as a mother, was feeling the same thing as a woman in China was feeling, a woman in Italy was feeling as a mother, a woman in England was feeling. And it just, we were all going through this at the same time. It was just, I couldn't, it took me a minute to wrap my hands around there that we were all, never before have we experienced this to such grand, grand scale that the whole world was dealing with the same fear, the same debt, sadness, the thing, same frustration. Isn't it, kind just, of, it kind of shows us how we really are all equal. Yeah. Because 
it's this equanimity that's happening, and it's just showing what was always there. We were all going through the same thing always, <laughs> and we were all having the same challenges always, no matter where we were from. Mm-hmm. It may have a different flavor, like even Texas and New York, we have a different flavor, but we're still going through the same. And something like this has just highlighted that. We all do not want suffering, and we all want happiness. This is a very old, ancient teaching, and it's so simple. Every mm-hmm. single human being does not want to suffer, does not want to have pain, does not want to be sick, right? Yeah, And right. then every single human being wants happiness. They want success. So yeah, but- this itself is an equalizer. Yes. And that should bring us to a place of compassion that we are the same. And so what I want, you want, and I can help you get what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When was the first time that you began your meditation journey, Lamsang? I started actually very young uh, doing meditation, and it was I was brought up Catholic. So I would go to certain, um, you know, like camps and, uh, and it, I learned how to reflect in a spiritual way. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I kept traveling as I went into college and I was a dancer since I was young. And mm-hmm. one day, um, someone introduced me to, uh, dance movement psychotherapy because I was mm-hmm. very interested in the mind. Like, how does it work? What are we really thinking? And how do we change, you know, in such a way in our thinking and how I could be a better person? And the dance and the psychology came together mm-hmm. that we can use a movement to understand the mental process and the emotional process and traumas that we go through. We can use the body to help heal. And from that... I started getting super interested in quieting the mind more and more, and I took some classes in meditation, and I haven't stopped. <laughs> I, also just, I just find it very, um, but there's lots of um, maybe misnomers about uh, meditation that I've discovered a way, like you think you can sit and just relax, but if uh-huh. you an hour ago were too anxious or maybe you were yelling at somebody or you were upset and then you tried to sit down to meditate, this is going to be impossible. (laughs) You have to set up your meditation the day before. You have Mm. to start preparing your mind to meditate. And then it becomes a beautiful routine if it's every day. But in between your meditation sessions is very important. How do you help others have peace of mind? How do you help your friend stay calm when they are very anxious? And this plants the seed for you to be able to sit and meditate. Mm. So how do you go in and help somebody that is uh, openly agitated with stress Mm. or frustration or fear? How do you recognize that and put the meditation into practice. I mean, you can't do that, just hit somebody Mm -hmm. with it. It has to be steps of... Step by step by step. And also that includes the timing. Like, can you you focus for one minute? 
then two minutes, three, four, five, and then you build up. It's also that, the timing. Yeah. And usually what we start with in somebody is seeing what is their goal. And then when you once understand your goal, you increase that goal to include somebody else. So when you want to meditate, the first thing we have to accomplish together is to just kind of looking at how my meditation is going to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. How can I uh, share what I learn with somebody else? It's this idea of sharing and helping others with what we want. And if we want to have a meditation practice, we have to include somebody else in that circle. So we mm-hmm. take time to figure out that with the client. And mm-hmm. if we're doing it in a group, then you have all the people there right right there that can you can help each other. So sometimes mm-hmm. group meditations are really nice to do yeah. it's step by step yeah um who do they normally pull in if they're if you're working with a person do they normally pull in a um a co-worker or a family member or usually yes it's usually somebody that um is in your immediate environment yeah and um i think we all can recognize somebody besides ourselves who might be stressed or struggling at this time, we always see somebody around us that are feeling the same. So, and it's uh, family, uh, community, your work environment, and you just close your eyes and you imagine that they are sitting there with you. Hmm. And that's one of the preliminaries to start. I've never pulled another person into meditation. That's very interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah. It's the way to begin, yeah. and then eventually you just go inside yourself, and they are there with you. But to start and consciously put them in front of you and sit mm-hmm. here with me and let's mm-hmm. do this together, because whatever I gain, I would like you to have also. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we come back from our break, we're going to take a short break. Uh, in about a minute, but I would like for you to, you are a licensed creative arts therapist. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to be a creative? You've, you've mentioned dance, which I have a picture of you right in front of me and you are speaking. It's probably the one from your website and you just pose it with that artistic movement. <laughs> The way you're standing, and I'm going, absolutely, this lady is doing dance. She knows dance. So I so enjoy that picture. (laughs) I'm looking at you right now. (laughs) So anyway, when we come back from break, I do hope we can spend a little time talking about what it does mean to be a creative arts therapist. And you've done this for 30 years, which is just a long time. So when we come back, we'll be talking with Lobsang about her very interesting journey and travels with meditation.
Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking today with Lobson Chungsung, founder of Limitless Health Institute. And she and I had a little short conversation. As you all know, I love to uh, change words and and Lobsung was very kind to go over all of these with me prior to and you see I struggle a little bit but anyway that's the way it is <laughs> so so tell us about as we as we say we were going to come back and talk about the creative arts therapy mm-hmm. therapist that's what you call yourself you've done it for 30 years so that is specializing in dance and movement therapy, right? Yes. Um, to be a licensed creative arts therapist, there is uh, five creative groups that came together. One is dance movement, art, music, uh, spoken word, as well as drama. So mm. you would get your uh, degree in one of those, and then we all came together to have the large numbers <laughs> to make mm. a licensed profession. So what over the years, what we've done is uh, many of us work together because you can use all these expressive therapies to uh, channel and work through uh, challenges with especially times when you cannot speak about things. Sometimes mm. we have a very deep emotion inside of us and we don't even know where it's coming from or we don't know uh, the depth of it. So to create something, whether it's through sound, through movement, or through uh, some visual, this helps the person to get the, to express what's on their mind, but then at the same time you are processing the emotion. Mm-hmm. You are taking it from point A to point B when you start the dance, and when you finish the dance you've already worked out some of the emotional content. And then there's all sorts of uh, techniques that help people to, um, you know, continually work in that kind of a way. So what we did is I, I gathered a bunch of different creative arts therapists, and that's actually how Limitless Health Institute started, because mm-hmm. we wanted to make these kind of uh, therapies uh, easily accessible all our programs are free of charge. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you have money or or don't have money. It's it's just to be available. 
Mm-hmm. So you have no question about coming. And yeah. if you want it, you can have it. So this creative art therapy is really a very good way for elderly, for the children, for families to even work mm-hmm. together in a very creative platform to express how it feels to blah, blah, you know, whatever the concern mm-hmm. is. <laughs> I don't mean blah, <laughs> Blah, blah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So how do you, where do you, where are you located? Where am I located? We are in New York City. Mm -hmm. And we are spread out throughout the city. Uh, When we decided uh, in this organization, we go to you, to another organization to do the work. We decided not to have the overhead of our own building, our own office. Uh, Now it's very popular to uh, share working space, although I assume that's going to be changing going forward. (laughs) It might. (laughs) So um, we go to you. So Ah. we save a lot of money in our programs because we'll go to your organization to do it to your clients. If we need to, we, we rent our event spaces and stuff. But we're all over New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Bronx, uh, mm-hmm. even Long Island, New Jersey. Uh, and we also travel in other countries and across the states. We've done programs in Arizona. Maybe we'll be in Texas one day. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Jet, have you been in Santa Fe? Uh, not recently. Because it's, I know they have a, a, you know, they do have a lot of meditation. They have lots uh, of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, yeah. no, we haven't been there. That sounds good. Yeah. I know yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, I just received an email. I was out there for a while and I just received an email. They're not having their opera season this year, mm. which is the first time ever. A lot so, of changes like that are coming across the globe and mm. we all have to kind of just readjust. I can uh, tell you when I did my, I mean, just a side note, when I did plan for my three year retreat, that was saying, I am putting aside my life in New York to go to the desert. I did in Arizona, uh, uh, built a cabin and went there, had support from people who, you know, took care of me. But three years, it seemed like forever that I would be shutting down my life. And, you know, doing something different. I had no communication with the outside except for my mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We wrote letters, uh, very spiritual poems and things like that, which was really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, But then it was over, and here I am. So time, like for us to begin to enjoy an opera or even Broadway is one of the biggest things here in New York. That they say is going to be one of the last things to open. Uh-huh. For one, because then people have to come to this. Most people come from out of you know state, so we just have to take some more time. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different later, and we will say, "Wow, <laughs> what did mm-hmm. we learn from that?" I think now, you know, where everybody's hearts are opening. Let's sit with that. Let's let's look inside and mm-hmm. see what we can change in ourselves. So then, when we reopen and we start anew then we have learned something from this rather than it being something that takes away from us. Nothing has been taken from us. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say that you did this three-year meditation retreat in mm-hmm. silence 
and solitude. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've got the solitude down. I think I'm kind of been introduced <laughs> to that. <laughs> For a social person as myself, yeah. that was getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and even then, I wasn't really because I was still doing Zoom meetings and so forth. Right. And so that really wasn't solitude. Mm-hmm. But silence, you didn't speak even to yourself? You didn't hum? You didn't talk to yourself? There's something, um, you know, it's something we don't really think about much, but when you think about the breath, okay, uh-huh. and it uses a lot of physical energy to breathe. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's one of the main things that we need to function and to live. Yes. Right? So... When we are talking, we are using a lot of breath. And mm-hmm. what are we talking about also makes a difference. Am I mm-hmm. singing something sweetly to you or am I yelling at you? That takes two different kinds of energy. Yes. So our breath is very connected to our uh, immune system or even our um, mental um, structure of being able to cope with things. So it's not something that um, it's you could say that the breath itself is something that if we find that if we eliminate you know some of the stresses that help us to uh, how do you say if we eliminate the talking mm-hmm. right and we eliminate the thinking that goes with the talking yes right because you have to think yes. about what you say do we always yes think do we always think before you speak, you see? Mm-hmm. No, not necessarily. <laughs> so that itself, you know, sometimes we're just talking and we're not really saying, hmm, did I say that well enough where I didn't hurt their feelings? <laughs> can I, you know, can I be clearer so I don't confuse somebody? Like that. We don't do that. Yeah. When you quiet the, the voice, you begin to hear your thoughts. And it's really amazing. We are just the listener of our thoughts. So eliminating the energy that you put forth in the breath and when we talk allows you to go in deeper to really hear what you're thinking. And then you can work with those kind of thoughts that are in your mind. I will say one thing. For the first year or almost a year, I did talk to the insects and the (laughs) animals. And one day I woke up and said, huh, you're still talking. (laughs) It took a while. So what was the end result for you after completing that three-year period? Mm. It's an experience like no other. I bet. I'm having a hard time thinking three years. (laughs) One year would just be an adjustment. Yeah. an amazing way to get to know yourself and then you can build upon that and start creating fantastic ways of how you can help others. So mm-hmm. towards the end of the three years, I began to get very uh, inspired in all the new programs that we were going to do with the Limitless Health Institute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, uh, there's a creative component that happens towards the end because you're very excited about what you can do. So um, I wrote a lot of, uh, I, I did write a book that uh, I haven't edited. I put together a lot of poems, and that was a lot of fun with my mom. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And we were going to share them. And then um, created some programs. So coming out was very slow. And um, unfortunately for for uh, for me, when I came out, my mom had passed away. Oh. Hmm. So uh, there was, I had a slow coming out of retreat. I lived on the beach for a little while, too. Mm-hmm. My uh, grieving yes. and um, get back into, you know, a good pace. Um, but I mm-hmm. learned a lot from that. Um, and I think about that now as we're starting to go, like everybody's talking about reopening, reopening, going back out. I know you guys, you said two weeks you've only been in. Uh, yes. Which I, when I heard that, I was like, huh? It's been two <laughs> months here. so <laughs> And we still have time. So, yeah. Um, so now when I'm thinking about it, and I think about retreat, when I came out of retreat, I was very conscious of what I was doing, and I only did, at the beginning, very meaningful things. So now mm-hmm. I'm thinking, so why do I want to go outside into New York City to mm-hmm. help somebody or to take a good walk for myself to get my body moving or something? Have a reason for going out mm-hmm. <laughs> and for mm-hmm. interacting step by step. And that's how you come out of a retreat, step by step, because you can, yeah. you're quieted down, and it's a time to listen to your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is this a normal transition for most uh, people in your organization, a transition of a retreat? Lengthy retreat? Uh, you mean right now? Well, not right now, but... Oh, okay. Because um, right now, very different. Like, you say, <laughs> yes. you're, you're like, I want to go. Right now, uh-huh. it's like, you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes. Anytime any person does some isolation and mm-hmm. solitude, and what you're doing is, it's really a busy schedule that you have in retreat. It's four times a day that you are doing a, a certain kind of practice. And you may recite prayers or uh, certain things out loud. Just mm-hmm. by the way that it's uh, back to the silence thing, you are reciting uh, certain mantras or prayers oh, or whatever it is that might be inspirational to you and to your practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so coming out, you should. It is a transition. Going in is a transition. Took took me almost uh, six months to prepare to go in. Oh. For a three year thing. If I'm doing only a month retreat, then it takes maybe three days. If I'm doing a weekend retreat, which I highly suggest mm-hmm. uh, for everybody, or one day, one day. You wake up, you meditate, and you have a schedule for one day where you just stay within your own uh, creative space and have some certain practices you can do and then just enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that way. Yeah, I've never done that. So I can't mm-hmm. say that I participated in a retreat like that. Um, a day or a weekend, I feel like I've done a day or a weekend. I do for, just because of this uh, quarantine that we've been in. Yes. But yeah. I didn't go into the practices. I didn't mm-hmm. use the meditations. I didn't do the prayers. The, but I could mm. see it would be a wonderful way to focus mm-hmm. and 
create. Yeah, I can see that. And that would be awesome. We all need that. The energy we use to concentrate and create, very similar. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's super important to our just general well-being. If you can imagine uh, the amount of energy and also skill, it's a technique to train the mind. It's like working out in the gym. You've got to train the mind or playing the piano. You've got to do your skills before you can do, you know, the uh, concerto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so in meditation, it's the same. Mm-hmm. You have to train yeah. the mind. So to to be quiet and to also concentrate, and if you can concentrate all the energies and the thoughts in your in your mind and focus on one object during your meditation, because we can't get rid of the thoughts altogether; they're just always going. So we just yes. want to be able to focus them and get to one object of of focus, something meaningful. And with that, I would think that we could all do that. In one day, we could take mm. a day. You set up a nice schedule, and you have to. It, the schedule is something really important that we don't normally think. When we think retreat, we're just going to do nothing, maybe, or quiet our minds by not talking to someone, or just not going outside. I don't know what our impressions are of what it is, but it's actually schedule. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do my exercise, I'm going to mm-hmm. eat lunch. <laughs> oh! And I'm going to have tea, and then I'm going to maybe read a book, and then I'm going to meditate, and then maybe I will draw a picture, and then I'm going to eat dinner. <laughs> Don't forget the eating. <laughs> yes, right. And then I'm going to do another meditation at night to rejoice about all the goodness I did today, and it's a schedule, and you plan it. You don't go in and say, oh, let me figure it out while I'm in. You plan it the day before. Oh, that's very important in a retreat. That makes much more sense. And that helps us to then bring the practices that we want in our daily life. How do we use these kind of inspirations Mm -hmm. in our daily life? And that's what's really it's meant for. I only go into retreat so that when I come out, I can help others better. Yes. And how often do you go into retreat? I was doing for about 10 years before I did the three-year retreat, for about 10, 12 years. I was doing one month in the summer and one month in the winter. Mm. I did two one-month retreats for Mm -hmm. about 10, 12 years. And that gave me the training to do the three years. Since yeah. then, I've only done short ones, so I'm becoming a good good expert on the, the weekend and the day ones because I've been working so much traveling. This is the longest I've been on the ground in six years, <laughs> as we say. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> so you <laughs> and, do relocate. For, are you doing those oh, yeah, retreats we, with groups? Yes, we do training. Okay, yes. and, okay. And uh, we do a lot in um, uh like Thailand, we've been to Germany, Russia, all sort. I mean, uh, Latin America. We're all over the place. <laughs> and about um, how how many? You say we? Is mm, that a group that goes, or do you go and run your own with locals from that both. area? It's actually that both. You, we will be hired to join with an organization. 
yes. to do our specific training, or we are running it. Yeah. And we really love collaborating with other organizations. Mm-hmm. There's no competition. Whatever we offer is free as well. You can take it and use it, and please pass it on. Mm-hmm. We want to share all this ancient wisdom with everybody. And so we love to go and collaborate with other organizations and help people maybe develop one of their programs that can include some of these compassionate and uh, wisdom techniques. Mm. Sounds very interesting. Um, on the coming to the close of this hour, mm-hmm. I'd like for us to spend just a little bit on the importance of, uh, through meditation, boosting our immune system because I think mm-hmm. that's something people need to be aware of that we have that tool always available to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to pop a pill to get some immunity <laughs> going on here. We can generate within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so would you speak a little bit toward that? Well, I like to think of it like if, if we like go on the opposite end, if you think of a moment where you're really stressed or you're really anxious and you can feel the physical body just not settled and you could feel it working way too hard, this mm-hmm. depletes some of our uh, important nutrients and and factors inside that that then cut into our immune system, you know. And and do you ever notice that you get sick more when you're really stressed? Yes. (laughs) If I'm traveling a lot, and I Uh don't travel as as extensive as you do, but just the volume of people that I'm around through travel, um, mm-hmm. I get very stressed. And I knew, normally get a cold or a cough or something right. like that. So what happens is when, you learn, when we train the mind to be able to focus, concentration itself is like, um, we call it sustenance. It's like eating. It's mm-hmm. like the air we breathe. We need to focus. One thing I learned in three-year retreat, I lost my ability to multitask. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, because it wasn't so functional. Uh-huh. Uh, now I can do it, you know, with uh, people around when I have a concern for others, like with children. You, you, it's okay to be doing something and have in the back of your mind, is my children safe? That's one yeah. thing. There's a purpose mm-hmm. to my multitasking. But just to be doing many things at once is not necessarily functional. And uh, so that when we concentrate, it just slows the immune system. It gives the immune system time to really build and work in its proper way. Now, I just want to say, it will not work unless we're helping others with their health. It's the most important key. In order for it to work on my immune system, I really should be helping you with your immune system, with your stress. Mm-hmm. And then I have the picture in my own mind of me helping somebody with their stretch. Then I will see me helping me <laughs> with my own stress. I will also see others helping me. Hmm. So it's really important when we want some success in our meditation practice to consider what it is that we can do for others in the same way and help them have that peace of mind to have that health and happiness that they can get from the meditation. 
that I am doing. Hmm. That's, that's a new thought for me, honestly. <laughs> it's a new thought. <laughs> Thank oh, you. We can, maybe we can <laughs> talk another time about that. I can go on and ever. <laughs> well, we'll just have to have a retreat in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It would be fun. <laughs> Share with us how the uh, listeners can go to your website and listen to the meditations that you have there. Just expose the different things that you offer through the Health Institute. Yeah, the inner essentials. Just go to limitlesshealthinstitute.org. And on the front page, we've put our first meditation. So that'll get you right into the website. Uh-huh. And there's about six meditations and videos right there. You can access them immediately. And then you just, if you want more, just push that button to subscribe for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we will then create a relationship where we give you the type of meditations that you need. And as well, we have so many other programs. Now, meditation is just a part of all the programs. We're working with youth this summer uh, because mm-hmm. all the programs have been shut down for the the kids in the summer so mm, um, yeah an online um creative arts therapy program using song where kids start communicating with their uh songs that they're writing to express how they've experienced their quarantine and what's going on and mm. as well we have programs the self-care exchange for the frontline workers that we spoke about before Mm-hmm. And we have this beautiful elder storytelling empowers. We were working with the elderly and intergenerational, bringing the youth in with them, and the elders tell stories, and then the youth have to say, oh, okay, and then I could tell the story how your story affected my life, and it's just, just a beautiful circle of compassion that's happening. Hmm. I would like to be able to send people to your website just to, particularly those people that have never tried meditation, mm-hmm. and you know, for the novice that's never tried meditation, they hear all this chatter about it is that, oh, it's so hard. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm, my mind is always moving. We have all these excuses, uh-huh. but we totally forget the benefit, you know, right. of ha- having meditation. So um is there, do you start, even with your visual meditations, uh-huh. do you start with shorter um length um visuals or or do you start out with a 10 or 15 minute meditation well the videos are from six to eight to ten minutes and they're visual so you won't have a you know like that's easier to just engage in that moment yes but when you Mm -hmm. take away that and you're trying to sit down quietly you should time it you could set a timer if you want it's very um it's a good thing to do with a nice little ding at the end not something that's going to make you jump out of your meditation but you set a timer for just three minutes yes and then do that for a couple of weeks then you increase it one minute every couple of weeks it's really important and then yeah. the content and the the things that you're focusing on, because, you know, the excuses you gave that it's hard or that the mind won't stop, that's a truth, and that's okay. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know it's going to be hard. I know my mind's not going to stop, <laughs> but I'm going to go in and just enjoy my mind and just uh, try. And yeah. you will see, and you can only see when you try it. Like you yeah. won't know until you do it, right? <laughs> yes. 
Well, Lubzog, I have so enjoyed this this discussion today. You brought so many great ideas to us, the great resource of your uh, Limitless Health Institute. I will will make a point of sharing not only through this podcast, of course, but through my work, their ability to go and experience some meditation through visual, beginning with visual. I love that. And I thank you so much for the work you do. I mean, uh, not only with the frontline givers, but also with the world, changing the world or enriching the world, let's say. So thank well, you thank for being you on for this letting me share that. And thank you for all the work that you're doing for everybody right now. Thank you very much. It's so very I want amazing. you to stay safe. Love saying, and uh, we will look forward to visiting your site. So all of you out there, go to LimitlessHealthInstitute.org, sit down with a meditation, and enjoy this week. That's the only thing I ask you to do, other than I want you to come back next week to enjoy our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.